Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance, Romantic Fantasy, all of the fantasy and the romance. It's all there. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <sighs> Tastes good. I'm out here a little bit earlier today. I got up, woke up earlier, went to bed earlier, trying to get back uh, in the groove, in the groove in so many ways. Today is Tuesday, August 31st, uh, last day of August. Uh, third, well, let's see. <laughs> One of these things, it would be good if I figured this out before I said it. Second, end of the second third, approaching the final third. I wanted to say quarter, but it's not. It's um, approaching the final third of 2021. I think it's funny how many people in planning things for 2022 are accidentally putting 2020. It's like, oh my God, 2020 will never die. We're stuck eternally in 2020. Oh, sucking down the coffee this morning. Tastes good. So, so yes, yesterday I had, uh, I hit my existential crisis on the book where I started to work on it and, um, just came to a screeching halt, except it's not a screeching halt. It feels more like, um, like hitting a vat of molasses. (laughs) It's like everything slows way down. And I started doing my emotional tailspin of feeling like, the book is totally not working, um, that the structure is all wrong, that I suck as a writer. I, I mean, you guys, it's so funny. You know, you start doing these things and then I, and I see like reviews for other people's books where people say, oh, you know, the craft is so amazing in this book. It's just such a wonderful book. And I think, well, why do my books suck? Oh, you guys, the head fuck is a real thing. So I realized that I thought, okay, well, let's take a step back, Jeffy. Take a step back and see where you are. You know where I was? I was right at that act two climax, which lately has been my thing. And on bright familiar, that was when I stopped and started revising from the beginning. And it's funny because uh, for those of you who've been listening for a while or at least a couple of weeks, you know that I had um, kind of the half formed intention, which is never a good thing um, because half formed intentions just tend to go nowhere. But (laughs) I kind of thought that when I got back from birthday vacation from Coronado Island that I would go straight into revision. And that that made a lot of logical sense. And maybe I should have done that. But when I got back and saw where I'd left off, I'd left off in this great climactic in many ways scene. And I thought, well, hell, I'll just keep going. So I did Thursday, Friday, and then that little bit on Saturday. Uh, And then I skidded to a stop to a sticky existential 
stuff. So I thought, okay, it's time. And I went back to start revising from the beginning. So I am now officially in revision mode. I think I made it through like 17 pages yesterday. I still have a couple things I want to layer into that. Those opening scenes. And I've been thinking a lot about opening scenes. I mentioned this yesterday and you know, it's one of those things where it's funny for me to like be giving critique or advice to other people, which, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I totally want to, to be helpful and all that sort of thing. But sometimes I feel like, you know, teachers one step ahead of the student. Uh, if that, uh, I don't, I don't know if my openings are very good, but it's a relative thing. Um, part of what got me thinking about this, a number of things I mentioned yesterday on the podcast about, um, doing the contest judging where you read the openings, you know, and basically you get, um, you know, usually when you do that sort of thing, it's like the first. 5,000 words first 30 pages or so, uh, because you don't want to have to read the whole manuscript. And there are some contests that do a few other things where they go to, you know, like sex scenes or kiss scenes or banter. There was one that was banter for a while. Um, first meeting of the love interests, that kind of thing. But in general, you're looking at the opening. And, and the opening is, is always the test, whether we like it or not. Right? Because that's what you flip to when you're standing in the bookstore. It's what you read when you do the look inside the sample. <laughs> Speaking of which, cause I do the sample a lot on Amazon. I, I really do like the sample function that if somebody recommends a book or if a book looks interesting to me, I send the sample to my Kindle and start reading and if I like it by the time I'm done reading the sample, I'll buy the book. And if I don't, I won't. And so, you know, boy, there is a, that's a big litmus test. So, and I know some people get very scientific about how much of the book is previewed in that look inside. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Our um, grasses and centipods are pollinating right now. So centipods being things like Russians thistle, which is what becomes tumbleweeds. There you go. There's your botany lesson for the day. And it is, it is an exotic. That's one of the funny things about all those that so iconic of the Western movies with big tumbleweed tumbling. Oh, there's songs about it. Moving along with the tumbling tumbleweeds. Um, it is an invasive species. It is an exotic, uh, I believe literally from, from Russia. So <laughs> says something, doesn't it? That the uh, icon of the American West is actually a product of colonization. Anyway, we do pull them up. Uh, although it, this year with the monsoons, it's difficult. And now I totally distracted myself with the sneezing. So, oh, I, I was going to say with 
Amazon with the sample thing that you can get very scientific about where that sample ends to try to get people to look at it myself. I have not done this. Um, some people get very into the whole hooky thing and I don't know, maybe it would behoove me to do that, but I haven't. But so this is funny and I'm going to throw this up on social media too. I, I mean, this is social media, but I was going to put a note about it because you know how you guys, you go to look at a book and I do buy from Amazon. Eh, I'm sorry, but sometimes I don't, but most of the times it's easy and Amazon pays the lion's share of my paycheck. So here we are. Uh, <laughs> so I went to look at this book that had been out for a long time that someone had recommended and was talking about how beautiful the craft was. And I was like, why aren't my books that good? And I thought, well, you know, I should probably read this book because a lot of people have talked about that. This is a really good book and I never had. And I thought, you know what, Jeffy, go read it and study the opening. Cause I do think this is one of the best ways. If you feel like there's something in your craft that you want to improve, you go read someone else who's doing it well. And so I thought, okay, I'll go read this book. I didn't really want to read, but everybody says it's amazing. So I'll probably love it. Even if I'm jealous. <laughs> so I look it up on Amazon and there's no sample. You guys, there is no sample. I'm like, and I'm having fits. I'm like, what, why isn't there a sample? What they think they're so fancy that they don't have to have the sample. Everybody has the sample. And then finally, finally, I mean, after a couple of minutes of like looking for the sample button and getting increasingly annoyed because I didn't want to pay $12 for the Kindle version or whatever it was. And I was contemplating actually getting one of the discount used paperback versions and going through this whole thought process. Of, Do I really want to read it on paper? And you know, and I don't even know if I really want to read it at all. I, what I really want is to read the sample, but there's no sample button. And then finally, finally, my eyes go up to the top and it says, um, you already purchased this book in 2015. <laughs> Would you like to read it now? And it's like, fuck me. That's been sitting on my Kindle for, oh, six years, six years now. Um, totally forgot that I had bought it before, but you know, at least past Jeffy paid for it. Uh, so, so that's good. So I don't have to, but I was amused at myself. Um, <laughs> it's that Amazon feature of telling you if you've already bought something is really just one of the best things ever, except that it, um, does reveal the deep cracks in, in our psyches <laughs> in, in not necessarily a reassuring way. I have zero memory of having previously bought this book. I just zero memory and that, and it was even on my TBR and you know, and my TBR list is hugely long, right? You guys know, I keep this in a spreadsheet cause I keep everything in a spreadsheet and my TBR is currently Oh, well, it's currently data filtered because I was looking for this author's book. Select all, um, 327 books. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah, so, so it goes and it's actually not updated because I haven't been adding to it lately. I try to remember, but I don't always, um, I keep thinking. And I know you all feel me on this, that I should resolve to buy no more new books until I've read all the books I've already had. <laughs> already have. Ha 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 ha. 
why do we do we just don't do this that's another interesting psychological thing isn't it anyway openings what makes a good opening you know and I've I have been doing some studying of this lately uh, you guys know that I am not formally trained as an author um, I have not gotten an MFA my graduate degree is in science and most of my um, learning of writing has come from classes with various visiting authors and then also reading and trial and error which I don't think is a bad way to do it but I also don't have this kind of formal training in doing the I don't know the fiction thing. The fiction thing. So I'm sure I had a point there but I'm not sure what it was anyway I, I think there are some things about craft that can be taught but then it also comes down to art and it's like why do some things work and other things don't one of the things I've been studying lately though and I've been listening some occasionally to writing excuses and they've been exploring the the mice uh, concept uh, milieu inquiry character event um, the sort of the major components of a story and and it's interesting to see how different authors use that and I touched on that some yesterday because I could see how that grounds a reader in the opening of a story because the opening of a story needs to I guess primarily hook the reader um, provoke interest and then also cue cue the genre cue where the story is going and oh and I'm sorry I'm wrapping around finally to something I dropped before what I was saying part of this is why this is on my mind it's not just the judging and so forth but that I got my scores back on the RWA Vivian contest and this time they like broke down the metrics into all these it used to be you'd get just like one score for the whole book which I think I kind of preferred um, this one broke it down into various categories and I don't know seeing the different numbers on the various aspects was interesting but I'm not sure helpful uh, but all of the judges even the judge who gave me the best score marked down on the opening and this was for the fiery crown and I was like so what's wrong with the opening of the fiery crown and of course I don't know any more than that I just know that they marked it down and I know I've talked about on here sometimes that people talk about that uh, that my books have a slow start I, I see that comment a lot oh it's a slow start and so I'm I'm trying to figure out what is what are they reacting to because we go back to that same principle that if somebody tells you uh, that something's not working they're probably right if they tell you how to fix it they're probably wrong um, and a couple of my author friends have said I you know they're like well I don't know because because they're like well I don't feel like your openings are slow but maybe you need to get to the action sooner but then the the flip side to that is if you get to the action too soon then people aren't invested in the story they have no reason to to care about what's going on 
And I think some of it may come down to genre expectation because, and Dorinda and I have been talking about this quite a bit because she said that's one reason why she doesn't read a lot of fantasy because the beginnings are so slow and she can't get past them. <clears throat> and I do think that, I don't know, there's a certain pace to it maybe that um, my openings are slower. And I don't know, I, I'm, I'm torn on this because I don't know if I want to change that. I don't know if I want it to be uh, get to the action a lot faster. It, it, it's an interesting conundrum. Um, and I, I can't tell that if any of my books, which are more popular than others, get to the action any faster. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure which of my books has what someone would consider to be the best opening. So I'd be curious for those of you who read my books, which one do you feel like has the best opening or which opening grabbed you and brought you in the most? So this is what I'm toying with. And so in revising dragon's daughter, I've been kind of looking at the opening and I did get the comment from uh, one of the people who, who read it early, it's not like the beta read yet. It was kind of the critique group, but they did suggest getting to the action sooner. And, and I was looking at that yesterday. I'm looking at, okay, is that what I want to do is get to that point sooner. And I don't know, I kind of want to establish some of this character first. So that kind of comes back to me doing the don't want to. Um, yeah, so I can't decide, should I be ruthless about it and try that, just get to the action sooner or, or leave it the way that I like it. And, and I saw something yesterday, one of those internet memes, but for once I thought it was actually helpful. That was talking about, you know, that you write the thing that you want to write and it's like, well, you know, that there is something to that, you know, you, um, do have to stick with how you like to do a thing. Um, uh, but then we come back around to, um, selling more books, reaching more readers. And I'm, I'm still kind of tickled by my nephew breath saying, but why do you want to sell more books? <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, because, um, because I can't live on the grapes in my grape arbor. And, and there is a desire to, I don't, I don't believe in the relentless growth, but there, there is always a desire to, to do better, right? To improve. So that's sort of where I'm at today. So I'll look at that opening chapter again and see what I think. Because one of the ways to do this, then if you get to the action sooner is then to wrap in some of that character after, which I could do. It's like, but do I want to, um, I know I'm just torn. And also it's like, is third book in the series the place to do this? Which is another question. I had a, you guys are going to get frustrated with me. I had a great idea for a new secret project. <laughs> Seriously, I do have an idea for a new, new story that I think could be super awesome. And, and actually it would totally work with having, um, action at the beginning. And it would be a great, uh, test of this sort of thing.
So we'll see. All right. I'm going to go get to work. I hope you all have a wonderful Tuesday. It was lovely having coffee with you in the beautiful garden. If you can see it behind me, everything is just so gorgeous right now. Um, I'll remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network. And you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday in September. Follow, follow. You all take care. Bye bye. <laughs>